you're taking out the wrong person committing suicide. I know the depth of that desperation. And I know the depths of that pain and that aloneness and that loss of self. But I'm going to ask you to just hold on and get the help you need. Because if you take that person out, it's probably the wrong person. And also, I believe that this earth is turning into the place that we want to go when we want to take ourselves out. I truly believe this planet is transforming and we're going to be living in a beautiful place. You're going to make mistakes and it's okay. And it's all an opportunity to learn and to grow and to shift and ultimately maybe be a role model or a mentor for others who are experiencing the same. Welcome to today's episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Constantine Moron, and today we're joined by Susan Gold. From overcoming a challenging upbringing to navigating through addiction and narcissistic relationships, Susan has turned her life challenges into stepping stones for transformation. She's the author of the empowering book, Toxic Family, Transforming Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom, and she's also a decorated endurance athlete who's braved marathons and triathlons, including the grueling Escape from Alcatraz. In today's conversation, we're delving into Susan's journey from her challenging childhood to her current unleashed moments. We'll discuss how to turn mistakes into valuable life lessons, the power of perspective in overcoming negativity, and why it's crucial to remember that it's never too late for self-discovery and personal growth. Susan will share deeply personal insights, including her perspective on suicide prevention and her unique approach to writing her memoir through the eyes of her younger self, Little Susie. We'll also talk about what it means to be an empath and how to navigate life's challenges with empathy and emotional intelligence. So, if you're looking for empowering tools to transform trauma, better understand yourself, and unlock your fullest potential, this episode is a must-listen. So let's dive in. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Susan Gold to the show. Susan, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you're on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Susan, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Constantine, it's nice to be here, but I want you to share your most current unleashed moment before we even dive into our conversation. I'm curious, wow. what's the okay. most current? Yeah. The most current unleashed moment has to do with the realization that I have to trust more, not in anything specific or anyone specific, but trust more in myself and the universe and not try to control every single situation that I am presented with. And at heart, I'm a project manager, a change manager in my professional life. And that spills on in my personal life. I always like to control things or believe that I have control over them. And you know what? That's never the case. When you look really deep down, you can only control yourself and who you are. So I would say that's the biggest unleashed moment for me because it now removes that pressure that I have to have all the answers and I have to control all the outcomes. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing How that. How about yourself then? Let, let me put that back to you because it's such a great question. My most current unleashed yeah, moment? most current before we go to yeah, the first one. That I'm not responsible for the trajectory of others. I'm a caretaker. 
I am a super empath. And yeah, I collect a lot of energy and emotion that is not mine. So that's my unleashed moment of this morning. I release any energy and emotions that are not mine. Okay, that's powerful. I would love to dive deeper into the empath part a bit later. But let's, I guess, let's go back to whatever you'd like to start with your journey when perhaps you realize that, you know what, you are meant for more like all of us are. And you are finally following in in the path that you want to set out for yourself. Yeah, I had that early in childhood. I knew something was awry and I really didn't feel like I fit in my family dynamic and system. There was a lot of love there, but there was a lot of chaos as well. And there was abuse of every type slathered in every corner and crevice. So I left the morning after I graduated from high school And I was very focused on getting to New York City, which ultimately I did do. I was on an internship from college, 19 years old, living in Greenwich Village, solo. And I really knew this was the city I wanted to return to. And this is where I would thrive and grow. So I did go there right after college. I got out and had a job fairly quickly. Everybody said I couldn't get a job in the entertainment industry. And I just kept asking questions until somebody led me to an interview. And I got a great job at a talent agency exactly in the part of the city where I wanted to be. So And then that was really the moment that I was unleashed because here I was living my dream in the city that I, that I only envisioned as a child growing up. Oh, that's a beautiful story. Inspirational as well, because you didn't allow others to dictate what you can and can't do by the sounds of it, right? You, you took control of the situation. You followed your heart and here you are so early in life following your heart and your dreams and, and realizing them. That's beautiful. So then once you unleash yourself, you realize, hey, I can do all these things. People may tell me I can't, but who are they to tell me that? I can do all this. How did that change the trajectory of your life? It wasn't the easier, softer path. Let's just say that. You yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't sit in a corporate structure because I couldn't. I couldn't allow that kind of caretaking. I was like a square peg in a round hole. I just asked way too many questions and didn't understand the construct. Honestly, that that unleashing of myself led to a hard road. I worked independently most of my life, except for a two-year stint at ICM, that flashy talent agency where I worked. And then another, like a year stint with Fox. And it's not easy being a solopreneur on your own in your 20s in New York City. I can imagine. But here we are. And you made it. You, you did you did well for yourself. And you learned a lot along the way. What are some of the biggest lessons from those early years? Because there's a lot of people listening right now, but many people in the world that they realize that, like you, the corporate path is not for them or chasing that American dream in, in the old fashioned way of getting a job in an office or maybe even a blue collar job, right? What are some of those biggest lessons that maybe you wish you would have known when you started your journey? Well, I I had to have, like you were talking when we opened the show, that trust and belief in myself. And I had it, but it came at cost. There were other sort of tokens or metaphors that I held onto, addictions that weren't so healthy for me to feel safe. One of them was always having to have attention from males. Like I was in second grade and Billy Fritz on the playground and it was ever since then. And 
that was not an easy addiction to carry or overcome. And I also had to be humbled and see that I was carrying trait from my family of origin. And so to be successful within my own being, I've had to repeatedly address core issues as I've traveled along this journey. And the beauty, I think the real unleashing moment was to understand for myself, these were all beautiful and perfectly choreographed lessons, challengers and challenges delivered into my movie so I could address the experiences and the lessons I came in to go through as a human being and to thrive through. And I feel I've had super soul evolution in this walk thus far, Constantine, like you. I love the way you phrase that because it reminds me of a tough lesson I had to learn in, well, not so long ago, I would say a few years ago, is that idea that everything that happens in your life is indeed a potential lesson for you to learn from or to, to take on. And I say potential because most of us, and I include myself there, we don't realize it in the moment often enough, especially in our younger years. So we look at those things that happen in our life as maybe mistakes, things to hide, things to bury deep down. And I've done so much of that, Susan, so much of that. And I love to hear it from you and how you've died at a young age. You realize that and you pushed. Of course, it wasn't easy. You had to learn a lot. And I would imagine not necessarily in the moment, but perhaps after a while. And that's a beautiful message for everyone to hear is that it doesn't matter when that lesson happened. You can still go back and learn and learn and learn from it. Yeah, completely. I mean... The pain of shoving it into a construct, a compartment, and storing it within my body, hoping that, you know, it never sees the light of day, you know, that's more detrimental and that's more of a self-imposed prison from what I've learned. And that's why I'm feeling much more free where I am today in my life than you know, even a few decades ago. I resonate with that 100%. Because in the moment, it feels like you're getting away from those feelings and those emotions and whatever you're trying to hide, but it never truly goes away. And it, it comes up and it comes up harder, right? To me, I felt like, oh, I'm conquering it. There I was like training like an NC2A athlete doing endurance sport, marathons, triathlons, and then like working towards a national ranking and master swimming when I had never really been a swimmer before, you know, so just really controlling it through these outside constructs that I've learned are, are really rather broken. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And if you were to go back to the first time you left home, right, during, during your high school years, which I can imagine was probably so, so tough, but very much needed. What would be one piece of advice you'd give yourself just to make that, that path that much easier? Or of the listeners right now that are at the crossroad and they need to make a big job if they're leaving family, friends behind and starting fresh. What's like one piece of advice that would have made the, the difference to you in that moment? You're going to make mistakes and it's okay. And it's all an opportunity to learn and to grow and to shift and ultimately maybe be a role model or a mentor for others who are experiencing the same. I love that. I love that part as well, too. You said maybe be a mentor and a role model. I would even go as far as saying, let's remove the maybe, because I believe strongly that each of us in our own lives can be a role model or a mentor for someone else. Not to get compensated for it, but just showing 
or being vulnerable, showing what we've gone through, and perhaps just being authentic, just say, hey, this is what I've gone through. It may or may not help you, but for those that uh, resonate with it, it will help tremendously. And that's what I've seen in my life. When I start becoming more vulnerable, more authentic, sharing my experiences, people start to connect more, people start to pick up things. And then they have permission to do the same thing in their life, essentially. Yeah, but it can be really scary because it's an, a vulnerable place to put yourself. I mean, I just I just wrote a memoir, which was published, and my publisher gave it the title. They didn't like the title that I had created. And my title was Magical Illumination, Transforming Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom, because that's what it is for me now. It's a gift. I mean, I have respect for my family and the roles they've all played and their own path. But my publisher called and said, we're going to call your book Toxic Family, Transforming Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom. Oh my gosh, Constantine, for two weeks, I was really processing hard. I did not want to throw my own family under the bus. But the publisher ultimately was right. Magical illumination, it takes a while to get to that point where you really see some of your challenges as illuminating and as gift. And People that really may need the book that I wrote and the exercises in the appendix that go along with it, if they picked up a book called Magical Illumination, they'd think it's a lot different than a book called Toxic Family. Hey, it's Constantine here, and I want to take a brief moment to truly thank you for being a part of this incredible journey of transformation. You are the reason we are creating this content. I see you and I appreciate you. Your support truly means the world to me. I want to ask you for a small favor. I'd love for you to join our mission by hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a thoughtful comment or review. Your engagement helps others discover these insights, and together we can continue to unlock the power of authenticity and personal transformation. And if you want to reach out directly to me, send me an email at constantine at unleashedyself.com. I value any and all feedback. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Now, back to the episode. Interesting. I can definitely see both sides, right? And it's it's beautiful to see how words in, in any language, but now we're talking English, how, how powerful they are in, in passing on a message or messages to whoever were to, to listen or, or pick up that book. So looking back at your childhood then, and you wrote the memoir as well, when was it that you realized that whatever happened to you was that opportunity for you to learn? I know you mentioned there was while you were younger in New York after you left, but I'm assuming it was also fairly gradual, right? It didn't all happen overnight. Was it like a moment where it all clicked and said, you know what, everything that happened can be used to better myself? Honestly, that moment didn't come until I was well into adulthood and had already traversed a lot of issues, alcoholism, a 10-year struggle off and on with clinical depression, and then ultimately walking through and recovering from narcissistic abuse. And I think it was the culmination of that final walk through. It was a divorce that I experienced. That was what really opened my heart and cracked me open to see it from a different perspective. It was a huge billboard that had to fall on my head to wake me up and then to understand that I could not eat rat poison and expect a challenger to drop over as a result. 
So it was going to be my choice whether I wanted to hold on to this resentment and rage and injustice. And even though you could pinpoint, you know, specific reasons why it it seemed like that and was like that, but ultimately what I learned was that was not what I needed to hold on to. I needed to evolve through it and find ultimately forgiveness for myself and then for my challenger. I mean, I call my my ex-husband my greatest guru because he was. He really taught me my own strength authentically. He helped me kick codependency and he helped me find authentic compassion for myself. Those are huge gifts. Oh my, yeah. And I would imagine they weren't very apparent until a bit later. There were, there were, there were moments. Yeah. There were moments walking through it. Cause I could, I could see he demonstrated the kind of pain he was in to go to the length that he was going. You could clearly see he was someone in an incredible pain. And maybe that's just my super empath, superhuman powers, but ultimately that is the truth of the matter. And that helped me find that compassion. No, that's that's another beautiful example of taking everything that happens. And I, I don't want to say to us because it really happens for us, everything that happens for us and trying to learn from it and understand, okay, it's, it's in our life for a reason. And you say so beautifully a few minutes ago, you have a choice. Do you choose to continue feeling miserable because it happened to you or for you? Or do you choose to dig a bit deeper and see the, the beautiful side the, the love side of it, as opposed to the fear side of it, which is how I see it today. Yeah, that's beautiful, Constantine. And I know that lesson didn't come instantly or with ease for you either. I mean, I turned 40 this year and that lesson came in not long ago. Let me put it that way. So, but that's the, that's the beauty of life, I would say. It's like all these lessons, they come through. And I'll be honest with you, I've had so many aha moments since I really started going deep on this journey. And I get these aha moments and I'm like, wow, really? I've lived all my life without truly realizing this part. But then I just smile because I'm like, okay, well, that means the rest of my life, I'm going to know this. I'm going to understand this better and it's going to help me even more so then it makes you want to go back and look at other things that maybe you have missed or have looked at the wrong way and i would i mean i say the wrong way but really there is no in my mind there is no such thing as right or wrong it's just whatever interpretation or lens you use to see the situation in that given moment yeah, and what you're describing to me that's the magic that's the magical illumination and i think that's what you know, the message that you're spreading and I'm hoping to spread too, because it takes a lot of human pain and just flips it right on its head. So you're seeing heaven here on earth instead of Hades. Right. And I, I would like to get your opinion on something as well when it comes to this, right? When we flip it and we look at the positive side and some people close to me challenge me on this as well. It's like, well, if you focus on the positives only, what's going to happen to the negative side? Are you going to ignore it? Or is it going to you know, not be there anymore? And my response and the way I see it is like, no, the, the negative side will always be there. But instead of focusing on that and manifesting more of it in my life, I'm going to focus on the positive sides while acknowledging that there are things that are less favorable and keeping them in mind and moving forward. How have you been able to navigate yourself? And of course, the divorce, like let's say an example, your childhood, very, very tough, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. But you focus on the positive sides, but what do you do with the negative sides of it or the less favorable side? So I hold most of my trauma in my body 
physically. So I go into my body and I see, sometimes it's in my solar plexus, which is right at the top of my rib cage. And I just go in there and I see what color it is, what the texture is, if it's current, if it's past, if it's ancient, and then I release it. I let it out. I let myself feel the rage. And believe me, like it comes up. So I'm, I'm a little more attuned now than I was in my twenties to my emotions because I was taught not to express my emotions, to swallow my emotions. So it took me a long time. Like I, I remember the first time I went to a a therapist. We did a lot of talk therapy and we did some hypnosis too, which was really helpful. But he would talk about happy, sad, mad, or glad. And I just get so frustrated. I'd be like, I don't know how I feel. And then I learned happy, mad, sad, or glad, but he wanted more. And I'm like, give me a list. Like, I don't understand these emotions and I'll just check it off the list. But ultimately I've learned that these emotions are really priceless and I can identify them more and more in the moment. Because again, as a super empath, I tend to deny, I'll tend to put others first. And now I'll take a deep breath into that solar plexus and see how I'm really feeling and then be able to free myself of that. So I think I think that's been really important along this journey of transformation. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see that. But I am struggling perhaps a tiny bit of how does one go inwards to see that because you talked about color you talked about different things related to the part that's inside of you and if someone in the audience wanted to do a bit more work like let's say even myself to go in and see that how does that look like in practice like is it through meditation or other practices? So you can do it seated on a cushion. You can do it still. You can do it walking on the beach. You can do it hiking and it's really a, a process of going into the body. So a lot of us go to the head immediately. Like we're just taught, go to the head, mm -hmm. think it through. And now I'm going more into my heart, inside my being. And that's a whole different trajectory. So it's a process. It's a simple process, but it's one of learning A, the emotions, B, how you, you know, feeling, feeling, and then going in the body to explore the trauma pockets that are in the body. I had to do it with a teacher first, a mentor, but yeah, there's, there's I mean, books that's on something it. something that you don't get shown or taught in schools or anything. No, it's the opposite. It's like sit in your seat and be quiet. We have no time for deviation from norm. And I think it's part of the outdated training that I think is going to melt away in the future because we're being programmed to be something that's not the beauty of our, our humanity with these broken structures, the corporate structure, the financial system, the educational system. Don't get me started constantly. No, I'm with you on that. I, I think we have so much more potential hidden within us and it's not being allowed to shine. And it's, it's a matter of education as well or awareness. And the way I see it now is that we have four parts of us really that we need to take care of. And I haven't been good at taking care of all four parts for a very long time, but I'm in the process of doing so. And the four parts I see at least are your mental health, of course, right? Everything mental, your emotional state, which is what you're talking about, seeing your emotions, working with your emotions, allowing them to come out. Oof, that was something I never did before. And like you, I was raised that especially as a man, you don't show your emotions. It's not okay to cry. It's not okay to be vulnerable or be authentic because then people will judge you. 
you won't get as good of a job or as good of a career or as good as a partner as you should. And then, of course, there's a spiritual side of things, which, again, you know, there's religion in there, too. But spirituality is so much more than that. And then the physical body, which is something I have to work on really well, because I finally understand that if I consider these four parts of me as being critical, if one of them is out of alignment, it's like a car with four wheels, right? If one wheel is out of alignment, you're not going to go very far or in the right direction. And what if more than one is out of alignment? Well, you're probably not going anywhere anyway. So that's how I see it today. Anyhow, and it sounds like it's very similar to how you approach at least the emotional side of things that you have yeah. to get working in alignment. Yeah. And that's a great metaphor. I love your four-part metaphor. It's, it's fantastic. And for so long... I just shoved that body part under the carpet because again, I was gaining self-esteem and self-worth and value and also numbing through endurance athletics and overdoing. I just was brutal to my own body and the universe had other ideas for me. And so I had to face that as well. Yeah. And speaking of that, I strongly believe and feel that our higher self, the universe, God, whatever anyone believes in, anyone specific, will put these signs and messages in our path along the way. And some will be more subtle than others, but some will be big events that we need to take notice. And even though sometimes we don't. And it's beautiful to see people like yourself, Susan, on a journey where you start early on because you pay attention to the signs and maybe your signs were pretty big in some regards. And then you see others, including myself, that will take quite a bit longer to see the signs and realize, wait a second, these are here for a reason. Let's pay attention. Let's do something with that. And that leads me to realizing that it's never too late to start this journey. And I've talked to people in their 70s and in their 20s and anything in between. And that's the beauty of it is that I used to be someone that be like, oh, I'm too old to start doing this now even though I was like 30 or 35 or whatever, right? But there's no such thing. And it's the more you see people around you doing amazing things, the more you realize age is just a number when it comes to working on yourself. Yeah, I had I had a 70 plus year old gentleman come to me and he's just in a state of shock and trauma because his whole reality just hit him right in the face. And it's just so magical to say, this is such a huge miracle, you have so much goodness in front of you if you had any idea, like, and to see the hope, like that, that expression of just total panic and terror turn into interest and then hope. It's worth it all. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. You touched on such an important part that I mentioned it a few moments ago, that idea of awareness. And I want to ask you that, right? When you mentioned your trauma either from a marriage or from a childhood. Was the awareness that it could be different or it could be interpreted different the first step for you as well? Like I've seen with many people, it's becoming aware that you have a choice on how to interpret that there are other options out there. Well, I think that's what kept me alive and moving forward as a child. I was six when I had my first suicidal ideation. I opened kitchen cabinet where the pots and pans and the knives were stored. And I took a knife out of the carving block and I surveyed the blade thinking, if I could just lance this through my little heart, all this would be over. And then I heard my mother's voice thundering from the hallway and I shoved that knife in that block and closed those doors. But I've struggled with suicidal depressions and and suicidal thinking. So it was really important for me to to get hope and to to believe in those moments from hope. And when I was little it came from angels. I used to talk to angels and I used to talk to a made up figure. I mean, you found ways to make it work. That's well, 
That's both very tough to hear and see someone go through that at such a young age, but also beautiful because you're here today. You've learned from those lessons and you can help others overcome similar challenges. Oh. Yeah, I mean, at, when I was older, say in my in my 20s when or my 30s, when that would come up, I would know not to take out that person. You're taking out the wrong person committing suicide. I know the depth of that desperation and I know the depths of that pain and that aloneness and that loss of self, but I'm going to ask you to just hold on and get the help you need. Cause if you take that person out, it's probably the wrong person. And also I believe that this earth is turning into the place that we want to go when we want to take ourselves out. I truly believe this planet is transforming and we're going to be living in a beautiful place. Oh, I cannot agree more with this message. I also believe the same thing. And I'm seeing people transforming every day. And I mean, I'm one of them. And that's one reason we're even having this conversation today, because if either of us didn't believe in that, what would the point of this conversation be? And that's the message that I would like our audience to to understand and see that, hey, you're here, you're listening to us. That means you also know that there is more that we could do. There is more that we can become. And we are getting there. It's going to take a bit of time and a lot of work on everyone's side. But as we shift the pendulum, right, as we create this ripple effect, it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm so grateful, Constantine, that you're producing the content that you are, that you're investing your time, your finances, your creativity to create these incredible conversations and to put forth a message you are. Thank you for making an impact on our global transformation. Thank you. Thank you as well, Susan. I mean, without people like yourself, I wouldn't be here either. And I'm learning so much in the process. And the beauty of it is that others listening to us, they'll be able to do the same thing. And I have no doubt that everyone is an incredible human being with so much talent. And sometimes it just takes a bit of outside, let's say, not force, but encouragement, inspiration, empowerment to get things started. And I was no different. I have help from friends, from family, from other podcasts to, to get myself really started. What would you say your biggest lesson has been in writing that memoir? Not necessarily as a lesson as writing a book, but more as reliving some of those things that maybe weren't very easy to, to go back to. So the first pass was very didactic. I have a background as a television producer, and I made myself sit at my computer for 15 minutes a day, whether I had something to write or not. And that sounds a little punishing. It gave me the first pass of the black and white manuscript, but I didn't feel a connection to it. And a very wise mentor suggested I go back and I take a pass from little Susie's point of view, that beautiful spiritual light inside my heart. And I walked back through the manuscript. And it's not Constantine so much that the black and white of the pages changed, but what was profound was I connected and I honored little Susie and her journey and the way she so bravely is continuing to walk through it. So that's the beauty of the book. That's that's what it taught me. Wow, that's that's amazing. There's so many places where we can apply the same type of approach into our life to to heal. So I wonder now knowing that and learning that, how can you apply that into your life beyond just writing a book? Does so it like it's sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry that I interrupted you no, because no. I've been really loving 
this conversation. It's not an interview. It's a conversation. And I so love it, Constantine. And it takes a special host to be able to do that. So thank you. What did I want to say? I wanted to say that so many things I attack from that A-type personality. I'm going to master it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. And like you said earlier, control it. And honestly, the more I step back, the more I let that little beauty one, that little wonderkin that's inside out for some play, even when I'm in the throes of some business deal, it always lessens the load. And I think I'm carrying way too much. My central nervous system has been on overdrive for a long, long time. I have lots of PTSD to let go of. But to let that little inner child come in and out has changed everything, every dynamic, every circumstance. Powerful, powerful and inspirational. I'll be honest with you, until yeah, early, early of last year, so 2022, I didn't even know what an inner child was. I thought it was always like some crazy talk, to be honest with you. And then I started doing some work to connect with my own inner child. And I, like you, wow, I can't even look back. I know I have so much more work to do in that area. And I know when sometimes we say work, there's a negative connotation to it. But when I say work in this aspect, it's something that's beautiful, tough, but beautiful, brings joy, brings happiness worth it. And I cannot wait to dig deeper. And it sounds like you've you've been able to get that. And of course, I would imagine the work is never done. You you still have things to work on. But it gives me hope that, you know what, I'll be there one day too. Oh yeah, all of us. And that's the beauty of this. Now, you talked about business a bit, business deals. What do you do today that brings you happiness in your life when it comes to your career or what you do from your heart? Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So I have a I have a different perspective than most. I mean, coming in and understanding it's not me against you in any way. I am here to help and be a light and ask questions. Yes. And that's that shifted so many groups that that I lead and so many business engagements that I've been privileged to be a part of. And I'm also quite, as I said, empathic and intuitive. And that really helps shift the dial. And maybe we see things from a different trajectory. So that's been miraculous. Absolutely. Sounds like it. I know you touched on the empath piece quite a bit. And I've uh, met a few people in my life that they consider themselves empaths as well, but you could see it. And for someone that's not necessarily an empath, how can I, as someone that's not an empath, help others that are empaths to have an easier journey? Because like you said at the beginning, you do take on a lot of energies. You do take on a lot of the pressures of, of the world. So that'll be the first part of the question. The second one, and I'll come back to that later, but just want to throw it out there, is what messages of hope do you have for other empaths that are struggling on this journey? And you can start with whichever one you'd like. Yeah, first I had to understand what a, what an empath was. So, oh, okay. and, and I think I had said it, but that you sense the energies of another and you want to take care and fix so they're not in any kind of discomfort. So that is my definition of empath. And I am a super empath, which can cause issues. <laughs> you feel everything that understandably may not be yours. It may belong to the person you're engaging with. It may belong to the global collective at large. So you have to have an awareness of what an empath is. And then ultimately, once you have that awareness, you can take some action. And that is within drawing boundaries and understanding you're not responsible 
for another individual and their pathway. Sure, you can make suggestions, but they came in with their own journey, their own map for their own experiences and their own life travels. That has nothing to do with you. That's such a powerful message. I know I said I'm not an empath, but looking at your definition and thinking back to the conversation I had with a shaman a year or so ago when I was on my mental health retreat journey, he gave me a great analogy. He said I was taking on energies from others and storing them, and it's almost like I was carrying them on my back versus just bringing them along with me. So like you said, setting those boundaries where, you know what, you cannot go on my back. If you want to come along, you have to not follow, but come in line with me, be by my side, and vice versa, I'll be by your side. And that was, you gave me uh, something to think about now, but that's a beautiful way to look at it because, yeah, we, we, well, we only know ourselves and we, that's the only person we can help, really. Ultimately, I think that's true, Constantine. And that's both painful for me, and, but it's also incredibly freeing. It is. But with that being said, let me ask you this. So you can necessarily help others, especially if they don't want to be helped or they don't want those changes for themselves. But it doesn't mean you can't be, like you said earlier, a mentor or a shining light or leading by example, right? Because that's a way to help others without projecting your own ideas or insecurities or anything onto them. It's more like, hey, this is what I'm doing without putting in their face and then they'll follow along if they resonate with that. Is that more like the approach you're seeing work for you now? Oh my gosh. Well, I'll give you a specific example. You know, the pandemic hit and then the vaccine was presented. And my son really wanted to take that jab. He wanted to be one with, that was his decision. I had a different belief system and I did not want the jab. But he really believed in it, and I wanted to value his journey here and his decisions, and I walked with him, and I went with him for those appointments. Mm -hmm. And that was really hard for me, very hard. But I had to understand that he's his own being with his own path and his own belief systems and his own experience. I think that was one of the hardest, most recent. And I really had to come from a place of love. I had to come from a place of love to, to accompany him and not judge. Judge, exactly, right? And not allow your relationship to be impacted by a decision, like you say, he made with his own free will and based on his own free information, which is so beautiful because that resonates so well with me and everything that we do in this life is imagine a world in which everyone can interact like this, where it doesn't matter what sex, what color, what religion, who you support in politics or any of that stuff matters. You're just someone else. I can value your opinions. You value mine. I don't judge you for your decisions. I may disagree with them, and that's likely the case because we're all different. We're all unique. We're all beautiful human beings. But if we can disagree and still be friends and not force our views upon each other, I mean, imagine the world and how much more beautiful that will be. And there's no doubt in my mind we are going there, but it will take time and work. It's coming. It's coming, yeah. I love that message, Susan. Absolutely. That's And that's a great example. Now, I know we talked a lot on, on this as well, and I know this is a question that... You get asked to be more often, but I think for my audience or our audience, I should say, it's important to kind of go back a bit and and maybe hear from you how you create transformation from your own trauma. Like what are some of those steps that if you were to bring them together based on everything that we discussed into maybe a small guideline that people could look at following? Sure. Just awareness of the trauma. So sometimes some things have been so traumatic, we have amnesia or we black them out. We don't even have recall. 
or we deny and we're in denial. So awareness, and sometimes that takes conversation with another to get that awareness, or it takes writing in one's journal. And then acceptance that this this happened, this was the case. Yeah, it hurt me. Yes, I was the victim in quotes, but I have to accept this did happen. Awareness, acceptance, and then action. How can I move through this and see this with new, fresh eyes and a different perspective? It's almost, Constantine, like doing a little mini life review here on earth before you get upstairs or wherever we go. (laughs) Why wait to do it there? Do it now. And then you can drop some stuff that probably doesn't even belong to you and see it with, with a heavenly point of view rather than victimized and taken advantage of. That's really what's helped me transform trauma. Yeah, those are um, steps that all of us can take. And you're absolutely right. We should take inventory as we live here and as we go through this life. And actually, funny enough, if you can even say those words, but uh, it's what helped me truly understand the idea that I have free will, that I have a choice. It's taking inventory of things I did in my life. And I was very adamant that I don't have choices in everything I do, just in some things. And then taking, let's say, the top 10 things I did in my life that I didn't think I had a choice on and really breaking it down. And yep, I had a choice in everything I've done. And of course, with trauma, I would imagine it's even harder. And I have some of my own that I have to go dig deeper in. And it sounds like this uh, framework can truly allow you to at least sit with yourself and hopefully not judge yourself, but be open to understanding what happened and then moving on to the next steps as you described them. Beautiful. I like it. I think the the other profound thing is what I've already shared, that this earth is a huge cl- classroom. It's a huge school. And I have experiences that I signed up for, courses I signed up for before I entered, yes. you know? Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes we have to be reminded why those are, right? And the fact that we even signed up for things to begin with. And I certainly believe that. And I said, I, would say, I believe we choose a purpose or a mission when we come into this life and Part of that are all these classrooms you're talking about. And there's a why, why behind everything we do, like what drives us. And we may not understand it. And it took me a long time to truly understand mine. And I'm sure many people will resonate with that. And some may not even realize it yet. And that's fine. It will come. And I think, yeah, doing the work and going back into your past, that's essentially where all the lessons are. Most of the lessons that we didn't learn from. So you also talked a bit about intuition before. Can you give us some examples of times when you trusted intuition and it led you to beautiful places or maybe not so beautiful places? Oh, I totally trusted my intuition when I was a little kid, but the most specific intuitive moment, I knew my marriage was well past the expiration date, but I tried to make my husband be accountable from a fiscal sense. So we went to mediation and we're creating something called a post-nuptial agreement. And we got to the last term and I thought, oh, yay, our marriage is saved. This is wonderful. And that's when his eyes went in those cold lizard-like slits and he folded his arms and he said, I'm hiring an attorney and I'm filing for divorce. And this strong, clear voice came over my right shoulder and said, this is the universe doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. There was no way that I could deny that voice and that messaging. It stuck with me. Yeah. And the reason, I mean, I'm smiling and and I'll be laughing here as well is because more recently, as you start paying more and more attention to what's going on in life, these voices come unexpectedly and so easy to ignore or be like, oh, that's crazy. Why, Why are you thinking that? Or why is that coming through? And I had a few of those recently. And once I started paying attention and be like, no, no, let's actually listen to that. It's like, 
You're right. It's a message from whoever, whatever is for you and for your own good. Powerful. Okay. We went in so many directions here, Susan, but let's actually go back a bit. Is there anything you would like to share that we haven't touched upon that feels right in the moment for the audience, for myself, for anyone to hear? Well, I think that I mentioned that in my book, there's a workbook in the appendix and it's exercises that I used and use to help me walk more comfortably and move through trauma. So I just want to do a little one. It's short. It won't take more than 30 seconds, but it's it's simple, but it's significant. So just take a deep breath in and release it. And either with your right hand or your left, it doesn't matter which, put it on your solar plexus, top of your rib cage, just below your, your breastbone. Feel your, your hand there. Keep breathing. And then either out loud or quietly to yourself, repeat, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm really okay. And Constantine, that that simple exercise has helped me so much. I use it in the in the line at the grocery store. I use it sometimes when I drive and I'm like angry at the driver in front of me. But it gets me off that outdated hamster wheel and it puts me back into my body and a place of calm and a place of soothing and a place of truth. So I just wanted to share that. That's awesome. I, I love that. Definitely going to incorporate it into my life because... It got me thinking, what are you doing when you're doing this? You're essentially taking your focus or you're, you're bringing your power back to you you're, instead of giving it to whatever, like you said, the person catching you off in traffic or someone being rude at the grocery store. You're bringing it back to yourself. Oh, that's beautiful. So speaking of your book, where can people find it? Where can they find you if they want to learn more about you or chat with you or work with you? Sure. So the book's on Amazon and all the, the typical places. If you want to connect with me, if you feel moved, then just go to Susan Gold S. It's all there. Perfect. Well, that's easy enough, Susan. It's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. I want to thank you so much for being you and sharing all this beautiful wisdom and being so open and vulnerable and authentic. It's been a pleasure and I've learned a lot myself. Thank you so much. Thank you, Constantine. And thanks to your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us on this exploration of personal transformation. Your presence and engagement are at the heart of what we do, and I sincerely appreciate you, your time and thirst for knowledge, inspiration, and empowerment. Please consider showing your support by hitting like, subscribe, leaving a comment, or writing a review. Your engagement not only fuels our mission, but also helps others discover these insights. For more daily guidance on personal transformation across the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical realms, be sure to visit our website at UnleashThyself.com. You can also find us on Instagram at UnleashThyselfToday, TikTok and YouTube at UnleashThyself, and there we post daily content designed to inspire and empower you on your journey. If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or feedback, I truly value your input. Or if you'd like to have a conversation with me, or work with me, please feel free to email me directly at constantine at unleashthyself.com. I would love to hear from you. Together, we're building a community united in authenticity and purpose. Once again, thank you for being a part of this movement. Until next time, 
continue to embrace your true self and live a life on purpose, with purpose. See you in the next episode.